Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? My name is Wyatt Mickle, and welcome to the Summit View Podcast. Today, we are diving into a pretty, well, not pretty deep topic, a very deep and complex topic that I will be continuing to study for the rest of my life, and humans will continue to be discussing for the rest of human history, because because it is so complex. Life is complex, and I feel like that should be a, a, I don't know, what is it, a slogan? A a little phrase? I don't know. That should be like the slogan of this podcast. Life is complex, and that's about it. (laughs) Because, the uh, well, let me just, Let me just say this, the topic of truth and how we understand truth is not going to be answered right away. It is not going to be a quick answer and we must humble ourselves and we must take this with an open hand because, because it is so complex. So I ask for those of you listening um, to take a posture of humility as you listen to this episode and to take this episode and compare it with other people who discuss the same topic. Um, That's actually how I went about this, uh, preparing this episode because, um, because I listened to someone talking about the nature of truth. I was like, wow, that is very powerful. And I would like to talk about that to share it with those of you listening right now. So let's approach this topic with an open hand and to say, let's have a conversation about this. Now, I know I am just sitting here by myself with a microphone. But this is just the start of something that can become a larger conversation. So that being said, truth. I looked up a dictionary definition of what truth is, and it is the quality or state of being true. And we must ask 
or I wanted to ask this question for us. Why does truth matter? Why should we even care that, or why should you listening even care that I am discussing this topic? Why should you care about this? And I believe that you should care about this topic because it is something that it is how truth is how we live. <laughs> so each of us has a worldview. It is we have our own perspective of how we see the world. And we take that worldview and in our minds, we consider that to be true. And since we consider it to be true, that is how we live. Um, I, I was trying to think of a example that I could use for, um, for, well, well, I'll just use my example. I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus and I see the world through a Christian lens. And since I consider that lens of seeing the world to be true, that's how I live. So, everyone has a lens in which they see the world through. And we consider that lens to be true. Um, and this is where the subjective nature of truth comes in, because everyone has a different lens in which we view the world. Though... There is some objective nature to these, I guess, lenses. I'll, maybe this isn't a very good picture. There's, there are some things that we see in the world that are that we would consider as objective, and maybe I can get into this a bit. Well, actually, I'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into, um, get into the, the three. Um, the three ways that we understand uh, truth. So, again, to restate what I was just saying, all of us have a way that we view the world that is that we consider as our lens in which we see the world through. And we internally consider that way that we see the world as true. And so that is how we live by so the question of truth is something that applies to all of us. It is a deep subject, but something that we must sit and wrestle with and not just put off to the side because, well, I believe it is life transforming. So I was listening to, to further the, the conversation on uh, what truth is, I was listening to um, a podcast by um, Pete Inns, um, and I, th I believe his co-host is Jared Bias. I'm so sorry if I butchered that name. But uh, I was listening to their podcast called The Bible for Normal People, and though I don't agree with everything in their podcast, they had an episode uh, where Jared was talking about uh, the nature of truth, and he described truth in three ways. Uh, first being uh, facts, the second being meaning, and the third one being wisdom. 
and so he dives into these three topics and um and whatnot so i'll i'll actually put a link to that podcast in um in the description so then you can go and listen to it for yourself but that is what i will be diving into these three uh these three natures the three ways that we see truth i guess so the first one being facts so this is one that we actually put a lot of emphasis on i believe today especially since we live in a post-enlightenment world um we live in an age where scientific discovery is just a very crucial part of our lives like I am super thankful for technology because that allows me to sit here and record this podcast and share my thoughts with everyone else. So we couldn't have done that without uh, scientific facts, uh, discoveries, and and whatnot. So um, I looked up again another dictionary definition of facts. And their definition was a thing that is known or proved to be true. So, like, for example, I am sitting here at my desk. It is made of wood and I have my coffee mug with me that is full of coffee. Now there's less coffee in it and I'm setting it back down on the table. Um, like, I know that that all of what I just said is true because I am, it's literal. It's, I'm literally sitting here at a desk and, um, holding a mug of coffee. And so they're just, there are things in our world that can, that are either known or they are proven to be true and this is facts and again we put a lot of emphasis on this one understanding of truth and I believe that is really it's really I'd say and maybe divisive is a is a good word to use because um Facts we would consider to be objective, and if each person has an understanding of what is factual, what is purely objective, then there's going to be a lot of arguing and disagreement, and which which I'm not saying that um, arguments uh, well. Um, what would they be considered? Um, disagreements. They're not. It's not always bad to be in discussion with someone and talk about different views. I will get into that again later. But it creates this sense in us where, like, I understand what is factually true in the world, and and so it creates. It just creates a division between people um especially i believe in 
the Christian community, which this podcast is kind of um, centered around um, Christianity, the Bible, whatnot. And I just, I just think that if we, if Christians just look at the Bible, look at the world as just facts telling us about science um, or our understanding the Bible as a science textbook or a list of rules to uh, to live by, then that that just creates so much division and and it's it's sad. Uh, this is why we need a posture of humility and why we need to focus on the next two uh, ways we understand truth. So the second uh, next to facts would be meaning. How we apply meaning onto the world. Um, the dictionary definition of meaning is what is meant by a word, text, concept, action, and etc. Because it, it, the list is endless. We apply meaning onto things. So, for example, I'm sitting in my car. I'm I go on a drive with my friends. And I'm sitting up at this lookout point, looking over the whole city and seeing the hills around the valley. And during a sunset, I can look at the hills at this time and say, wow, those hills are beautiful. Like the sunset is absolutely gorgeous and whatnot. And then my friend sitting next to me can say, dude, you're crazy. The hills are hecka ugly. They are just mounds of dirt and they're disgusting to look at. So the two of us have a different way in which we approach the, the what would be considered facts, like the hills what are they? They are actually just mounds of dirt. Big mounds of dirt. And the light coming from the sky is just reflected colors of, of sunlight. But the way that we interpret that is different. And again, this is where more of the subjective nature of truth comes in. People are going to have differences in what is meaningful to them and what they find meaning or apply meaning to. Um, so I, I don't want this to go in too deep, um, but there is a great book that I would like to get into hopefully sometime to discuss this idea even further because it's easy to say, well, everyone has a different view of or a different meaning of the world or different meaning of just anything. So truth is just subjective then. But uh, the author and really good author, I may add, uh, C.S. Lewis has a book called The Abolition of Man, in which he talks about the importance of there being 
objective values in the world. Um, and I would agree with him. It's a, it's a very challenging book to read and I need to do more studying of it to present his ideas here. But, but he has a case to say that there are objective values in the world. And, um, and so it's, again, this is just me showing the example that there is a, both a subjective and objective nature to the world. So moving on from this understanding of meaning, the last way that we understand truth is wisdom and Wisdom, I didn't really want to look up a, a dictionary definition of wisdom because um, wisdom, well, how Jared put it in uh, the Bible for Normal People, he described it as uh, embodied truth, living out truth. And for Christians, this is... Uh, this is ultimately who Jesus is. We would consider him the ultimate embodiment of truth. He is living. <laughs> the way that he lives is what we would consider truth. And that is such a a weird phrase uh, because what, is it, what does it mean to live out truth? And... Man, wow, me just sitting here saying that is just crazy. What does it mean to live out truth? Um, and I have um, a little essay that I wanted to read because, um, well, wisdom in the Bible is such a key figure and it it really starts in the Old Testament um, so I will, there's this little essay, uh, from this lady, Rebecca, uh, Lesses, uh, I'm, again, I'm going to butcher that name. She writes about wisdom saying, the figure of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, whose date is disputed, and in, in second temple Jewish literature, is the only female figure that comes close to divine status. In Proverbs, wisdom speaks about herself in the first person. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his actions of long ago. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. Moreover, she participated in creation. Uh, where it says, Then I was beside him like a master worker. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always. The first century BC duro-canonical work, The Wisdom of Solomon, exalts her status even more. She is the fashioner of all things, a breath of the power of God, and pure emanation of the glory of the Almighty. She sits by the throne of the glory of God and is closely linked with the all-powerful word, or in Greek, Logos, who leaps from the royal throne to destroy the firstborn of the Egyptians. 
In a review of biblical events, she is the protector and guide of human beings from the beginning of human history, playing a role that Tanakh gives to God and angels. Wisdom, thus, has a share of God's creative power and guidance of human beings, but does not act independently of God. So, from that little blurb, that little essay, um, wisdom in the Bible is something that is closely connected to God, and um, even in Jewish thought is seen to be as, like, a person. That's what Proverbs uh, describes her as. Um, her name is Lady Wisdom, and it is this woman, and she is both beside God in creation. She calls out into the world, and it is the Old Testament way of seeing wisdom embodied. But when we get to the New Testament... Uh, that role then switches, and it was mentioned just in that little essay a little bit. Um, but to further this point, uh, Pete Inns in How the Bible Actually Works um, has this quote. The place held by wisdom would now be held by Jesus, God with us, who, as Paul put it, became for us wisdom from God. And that is 1 Corinthians 1.30. So, this idea of wisdom is, uh, is something really that, that just is so astonishing to me. Because we don't put, as Christians, we don't put a lot of emphasis as truth being wisdom or um embodied truth um and that is what our whole foundation that's what our faith is built upon it is built upon the person of jesus who himself is wisdom from god and yeah it's just remarkable to me that we have moved away from s such a beautiful picture of truth and move to something that is so uh, divisive. Um, and this is why this is why I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, we must humble ourselves because this is um, well, maybe I won't go there yet, but we must see the Bible as not a book of of scientific facts, and I can go into that a little bit more, talking about uh, Genesis 1. I know maybe that would, will sound, uh, what is it, not hypocritical, uh, heretical. Maybe that would sound heretical to say that Genesis 1 isn't talking about scientific truth, but it does have meaning and wisdom in it. And those are both true. So the Bible isn't a scientific textbook. It isn't a list of rules to, to which we follow. And an example of this is in, uh, if I can find it really quick, 
In Proverbs 26, 4, this is what it says. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. And then verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. I'll read that again, just in case I wasn't clear. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. So here it's telling us not to answer a fool according to his folly. And if this is a, is a rule book, okay, then just don't answer fools when they speak to you. And then it says in verse 5, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So right after it tells us not to, it tells us to answer him. So is this speaking factually like like a rule book like you must do this? Um yeah. Is it saying you must do this? Well, no because because it there's two different um two different um responses to how we approach what would this passage consider a fool and it does that doesn't mean that this passage now isn't true because it has these two contra what would we consider contradictory phrases it just means that there's meaning and there is wisdom behind this passage and that is how we are to approach it it depends on the situation if I go into a situation, should I answer a fool according to his folly? Or would it be more wise to not answer a fool according to his folly? Who knows? That's why wisdom is needed. That's why living out what the truth would be. That's, that's the importance of it. And so rather than... This, that's just one example. Um, and... And I know Proverbs is wisdom literature, but I think, I believe that this applies to the entirety, the entirety. Am I saying that right? I don't know. The entire Bible, the entire Bible is wisdom literature. Um, and I actually, I'll post another link to a podcast episode by the Bible Project, where this is one of their... This is one of their pillars uh, for for the way that they view the Bible, the Bible as wisdom. And yeah, it's just um, I as Christians, we are to follow the example of Christ, right? Because what is he? He is wisdom. He is embodied truth. As he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we as Christians are to follow his example. So why don't we humble ourselves on this subject of truth? Why don't we humble ourselves on the subject of truth? 
Um, I think when we see the Bible purely as facts, we want to hold on to that and say, my understanding of this is right. I am right on this. And those around me who have the another way of understanding the text is wrong. And, and th it's not, I don't mean to say that in a way that's like, like, oh, that person is mean, but a person can think that with a kind heart, but it still can create a lot of division. And rather than putting so much focus on facts, the nature of truth as being facts, we also must consider meaning and wisdom. So I really want to say that because it applies to the Bible and it applies to our lives. How can we live wisely in this world? How can we take our lens and and I don't know. That's it's such a it's such a This is a topic that I believe everyone must think about. And when we and those of you who may not listen to the Bible or those of us who do read the Bible, rather than reading it for just a literal, factual, leading, reading in a literal, factual sense, what if we approach the Bible as wisdom and learn from that so that it takes the, our lenses of our lens of the world and shifts it in a new way that we may be more um, be more Christ-like, who himself is embodied wisdom. That's <laughs> I, I I don't want to like just be repeating myself over and over again, which I probably am doing. But but I just encourage encourage you guys and and myself too. Let's. Let's actually be transformed into the image of Jesus, who, in, uh, who was God, became humble and a servant to the world. So let us humble ourselves as well and, and show love to those around us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, again, I, I know that the world is much more complex than I probably am making it seem right now, <laughs> even though I have constantly said the world is complex. Man, it's just, it's just crazy. Here, actually, I'll just, I'll move on to, I'll move on to um, my last point, and that is how we understand uh, contradictions because if we take this approach to understanding truth we are going to run into people that will have different ways of seeing the world and this here 
I'll start off by reading the quote from uh, P. Ends again in how the Bible actually works. He says, The contradiction sets up our expectation that we will have to think it through. And I'll bet some of you might have thought contradictions in the Bible, or I guess what I'm talking about in just reality, contradictions were bad. They're not. They are revealing. And so the whole umbrella in which um, this conversation is encircled by the... the um, Sorry, my dog is barking outside. The The encompassing point that I'm really trying to get to is that we must humble ourselves with the people around us. <laughs> and especially in a time where people do not want to listen to each other. And, and, and really have a serious loving conversation with one another one another one another <laughs> um we must accept that there are different ways that people see the world and rather than closing our fists and saying no the way that i see the world is right and everyone else is wrong having a closed fist to the world seeing the world our worldview as something that must be defended rather why don't we open our hands and say let's talk please let's not fight let's disagree on stuff but let's talk so that we may come to a more complete understanding of the truth and i think that is where um differences, diversity, contradictions, what have you. That is where the beauty of those come in. Rather than being something bad, maybe they are revealing and can help us have a much more deeper understanding of the truth. I know I've gone on for quite a bit, but uh, one example actually that I brought up in my youtube video yes i have a youtube channel um go check it out please i have one view it's myself <laughs> again I, I that's that was just a joke um but anyways that wasn't funny um in one of my videos i was talking about how uh, there's two passages in the old testament where god tells david to go take a census of Israel to count the people in Israel. And in a passage in Chronicles um, recounting or looking back at this story, the writer says, Satan told David to, uh, or incited David to uh, count the people of Israel. And so there's these two passages where it's like, okay. God tells uh, tells David to count the people, or was it Satan that told uh, that told the people um, or told David to count the people? 
And anyways, it was, I sat down with uh, one of my pastors and we were going through this passage because I love getting to sit down and do that. And in Numbers, uh, I don't remember what chapter it is, but when uh, the it says the angel of the Lord appears, this is with Balaam and his donkey. Balaam is going down the road on his donkey and the angel of the Lord appears in the middle of the road. And uh, it says that the angel of the Lord who is who carries the name of God and is kind of what you could say in somewhat of an embodiment of God in the Old Testament. The angel of the Lord stands as an accuser against Balaam. And the word accuser there in Hebrew as or is the word in Hebrew there is Satan. Uh, which where we get Satan. So God comes to Balaam and stands in his way as as Satan stands in in Balaam's way as the accuser. So in this passage where we see God telling David to uh to take um to take a census of Israel and David or Satan telling David to take a census of Israel it's not Satan in the way that we understand Satan as an individual uh, evil being the leader of the um leader of the demons and whatnot but instead it is um kind of going back to this passage in in uh, numbers and saying uh, God can stand as an accuser God is a Satan um, which then like oh cool that fixes the what we consider the contradiction there um, because we we can understand that there's a deeper meaning behind these two passages. But then that opens a whole other can of worms of then, okay, how is Satan, the word uh, Satan, uh, used throughout the rest of the Old Testament if it just means an accuser? Is it specifically an individual evil being, the leader of the angels who has the, the horns and the pitchfork? Or does it just mean the accuser? So it just opens a whole other can of worms that that it would not have been really known if we didn't look at the passage. Um, if we just saw the passages being facts, we would just actually in my short little YouTube video, when I brought it up to my friends, they kind of just shrugged it off as if it were nothing or Maybe um, one of them acknowledged it and said, oh, that's really interesting, Wyatt. Um, but had this idea of like, oh, we need we this like like this has to be fixed or whatnot. I don't know. Um, but this that that little example is just one way of which 
one way a little what we would consider contradiction um where it, the passages say two different things lead to a much deeper meaning behind the text and then opens another can of worms uh, of who is satan or in job ha satan the satan um not actually the name that we ascribe to a being um so yeah that was just one example where contradict where what we consider contradiction is um actually revealing of something um and so yeah contradictions aren't a bad thing when um when we uh when we approach the Bible as wisdom literature or um, when we try to find the deeper meaning behind a text. So I've probably already been speaking for way too long, um, but I'll just close by saying this. Uh, truth is an important subject that shapes the way that we live. It is wide, is vast, and it is a very complex so instead of simply approaching the bible or approaching the world as purely facts let's instead add two more layers of lenses onto that and see the deeper meaning behind the world and how we live that out in wisdom. And for those of you interested, read about who Jesus is. Because as the writers of the Bible describe him, Jesus became for us wisdom from God. So, with that being said, thank you all for listening to this crazy episode of the summit view podcast um i i really appreciate everyone uh listening and um again please um please reach out to me i really enjoy getting to hear from others um and and by from this conversation i want to hear from others i want to hear different uh views that people have on the world um because I think that there is wisdom in that. Um, or there is uh, something that can be revealed from that. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you again in the next episode.